you finished the PhD successfully, um, and then when did you decide to come to America? Actually, when did you decide to start? When did you start posting on oh, like your blog? My blog. I started my blog, and this is also crazy. Just don't tell me you started this during the PhD. I started during my PhD. Oh, my I started God. going into the final year of my PhD because I knew that I didn't want to work in academia. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Wall Podcast. For this one, I got to sit down with a good friend of mine and fellow blogger, Lorna Ruan. Lorna works as an Associate Director of Research and Analytics for some of the world's biggest companies that we use and rely on every day. She comes from a family of 10 in Mayo and started out her career working with numbers by helping her dad out at the horse racing. Lorna studied a PhD in marketing, specializing in fashion and brand relationship in NUIG. During her final year, Lorna launched her blog, Elsie's Closet, where she documented her outfits and interest in fashion. She decided to leave her brothers and sisters and set up a new life here in New York, where she continued to work for the world's biggest brands. She also still shares her outfits on Instagram, alongside her obsession and dedicated interest in the royal family. If you've ever wondered what value a PhD might bring to your career, what it's like to work in New York or the US in general, this episode is for you. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Okay, so we are in your apartment here mm-hmm. in Midtown Manhattan. It is kind of Midtown. It is Midtown. I'm really hoping that. Sometimes there's, there's less sirens, but... That know, makes it more authentic, it as you said. Makes it way more authentic. There's no like. podcast. The only podcast that doesn't have sirens is the one that I recorded with my mom when I was at home. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Every podcast has bloody sirens in it. so And the hotels are the worst because they're always like in central locations. Mm-hmm. So many sirens in my podcasts. But... um. I know that we have so much to talk about and like people probably follow you on Instagram mm-hmm. and they've probably been following you for, cause you've been in New York much longer than I have. Um, so they probably know your story. So I'm just like wanting to have a chat with you mm-hmm. and um, see how it goes. Cause I feel like our chats always like oh, go tangents. off on tangents. I mean, like, that I, was, like I was just saying to you, that is how I converse with people in real life. I'm like tangent, 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 tangent. And then I come woo, or what we talking yeah. about? And then I come like right back. <laughs> And then somebody asks you a question, and then you go off on this tangent because your head is so full of information. Yeah, <laughs> even like when you see my Instagram stories, the way I'm like cyber, like and I got, then I'm like, Ooh, it's like you're, it's literally my train of thought. It's I like, know. Do 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 do. I'm like, how did I get here? Oh my god. So people probably know you for like your fashion, primarily your royal snaps on Instagram. You live in New York City, but there's a lot of people things that people don't know so take me back to where you're from Mm -hmm. in Ireland and uh, the family that you come from because it's kind of a unique family Mm -hmm. Um, and tell me a little bit about that growing up in Ireland cool Um, I'm from Mayo Um, like born and raised moved here five years ago and I like I mean I went to college in Galway and so I lived in in Galway for a bit but like pretty much like when I do my PhD I like I did it from Mayo so lived in Mayo for a long time um and yeah I'm one of 10 so I'm the oldest girl in a family of 10 I have two older brothers and then like there's another seven younger than me Mm -hmm. and I can remember six of them being born so like oh my god like like I was like five maybe when Raymond was born I can remember like was I five I was nearly yeah I think it was five um I can remember feeding him yeah like you're just like holding it like you know so yeah and even my mom I was I um, was at a wedding in Bulgaria recently and I stopped off in Barcelona to meet my mom on the way back and she was talking about um, how I used to she said I was really good with Ginny who's like the youngest and 
um because i used to always feed her and everyone the rest of my siblings used to be like she's only doing that so she can watch telly yeah and i was like i mean i probably was but i actually can't really remember but i'm sure it definitely was yeah so, so you're around so, yeah. lots of babies around lots of babies yeah yeah and it's funny because like my co-workers are starting to have babies now and they're like freaking out i'm like oh it's grand like you know you just do like oh if that happens just buy this and they're like excuse me I'm cursing but they're like Jesus you've been around so many babies you know so much yeah about, like, yeah, yeah. So that'll always stand to you so how was it like because your education again is kind of unique like not everybody goes on to do a master's and a PhD mm-hmm. like I think that you're just you're one of two people that I know that did a PhD but it like how do you get to that point like it's just so much like so much in your childhood at such a young age yeah, yeah. like you like you looked after a lot of your family and you kind of did a double for your mother being the oldest girl mm-hmm. like that's a huge role for you to play at such a young age mm-hmm. like yeah. do you think that's has stood has stood to you i think so i think i'm i guess it's like you know like as you because like we obviously live in the u.s and it's like a very different culture and people are like very different and you know sometimes i even see like at work my old manager is like she's left like um about a year and a half ago but we were very similar she's indian mm. and we're very very similar in the way that like we almost kind of like sacrifice ourselves to make sure someone else isn't dying but I already have this much work to do so then I end up putting more on myself to like get it done but that's just that's just what I do and I'll never not be that person yeah. you know kind of put other people first I guess or whatever um, I guess like me and my sister Emma because there's like 11 months between us so the two of us together were like as the Irish twins here yeah. but like so the two of us would have really helped and like been that like help to mom like at home as well because mom worked full time yeah um as well at the same time and it's funny I asked her recently I was like how come you worked full time and she's like do you know people ask me this all the time about why I didn't she's like well I didn't expect anyone else to pay for you because yeah. it was like at different times it's like you know 80s 90s Ireland people people didn't have money it was like yeah you know I remember being really young and being in the shop and I was like no I can't have that yeah my younger siblings when the boom was going on they were born into oh they'd be in the shop and they'd be like I'll yes, get to Lucas Eight, get the bag of crisps, get the yeah. bag, get the Magnum, and be walking out. Couldn't get the fancy full. Magnums when I was and younger. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't get that ten p chump. Or yeah, that, you know, I had, te- I had like a, a ten p Taz bar. Do you remember the Taz oh, bars? Yeah. Or ten or fifteen p? Mm-hmm. They could have even been five p. Yeah, and like a bag of meanies was like ten p. I want to yeah. say or like twenty p. Yeah. I could be way off now. No, no, no they like, were ten p. Yeah, and uh, and like even like ghosties or all those like mighty munch. The monster munch at the time they were expensive they were 20 mighty p. munch were expensive they like were, i couldn't yeah. get them they were, they were 20 till i was like 14. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like i don't know it's funny i even like when you look back on stuff i think it's like very different and then like my dad always had his own like business mm. um and he um he's a bookie now but like he um when i was maybe 12 i think was it 12 he um became a bookie and then so like i started it like it it was easy I mean the computer at the time was my was my head you had to write it in a book and in the like the big book that was the time you'd have to be like oh my god you're standing this one for like whatever amount of money you need to like lay some of this off mm. and it's just so fast paced that like when you put that on a resume it actually like looking back it taught us so much mm. I think like one of the biggest things is like like you you pick up on things really quickly mm-hmm. like last year after our our holiday party last year like so much shit happened it was like really everyone was so hungover the next day and like so feared and then there was all this other stuff happening and we were like oh my god oh my god but I went into the office and I I, like sensed it already it's like something is going on here and I kind of picked up and I like was talking to someone I was like I think this is after happening and they were like 
uh, how do you know? And I was like, it's the feeling. And then it was true because like you just you you learn you're kind of trained like to pick up on little things. Yeah. Um, but I only got that from working in the veterinary industry because the way it happens like you be there like minding your own business like do you know writing and or putting the bets in the computer. But you still have to kind of keep an eye and like on your the back dad of your would be keeping an eye yeah. and then like my brother who would like would have been running and stuff, um, like spotting things like y'all you still have to be like super observant. Yeah. Which then I think like helps me in like a number of different ways because like I'm an analyst now, so like you know, you kind of have to pick up on the anomalies. Mm-hmm. So like it'll that I can do that kind of like quicker, but the, I mean my PhD also helps with that because I'm trained that way. So yeah, I think like it all kind of like comes full circle yeah. to like really help. But uh, working in the vet industry was also just so much fun, <laughs> and it was like we obviously did it pre like post pre pre recession. And so what and, age were you at that time? I like really started working with dad when I was like 12 I'd help him like at the weekends wow, okay. but I was like we were babysitting like before that because me and my sister had so much experience babies, with babies that yeah. everyone wanted us to babysit so we like we'd we had, I guess you'd call it like a little like we'd be booked out we would be fully booked out <laughs> babysitting entrepreneurs at like, that age it was like crazy it was like so funny Um, but so like I did that but like not really like like I did it more like my summer it was my summer job for mm. maybe when I was like 15 mm-hmm. I honestly did that up until I really when I finished my PhD because whenever anyone needed someone to help um to help them like they always like trusted us because yeah. we didn't bet um like it's it's a weird thing like, there's so much money involved my dad used to always be like oh i'm afraid this is going to give you a false perception of money i think it actually did the opposite because like i don't bet i never really have I'm so interested in it. i love horse racing i love like it's just like and people here are always like at work would be like oh horse racing is such a like bad industry and whatever but like it is here yeah. I think they're not treated well but at home like race horses are like treated like better than they live in better conditions than we do yeah because they're worth so much money um it's an, and it's very high like highly regulated um but I just like have no interest in like betting well I think it's yeah. because I like see people come up and I'm like are you crazy yeah like, do you know how long it take you to earn obviously people have like money and they can like spend it whatever way they want but I'm like that's so much money yeah yeah um so like you were dealing like with like stuff like that as well so it's like just like, yeah that's you know. so interesting it, that is again very unique so you went on to do when you finished college so what did mm-hmm. you study in college so i did commerce to start i mean like my in did you study that where did you study that in, in uig okay um, and the reason for doing that like kind of go back a little bit like so like i had no idea what i wanted to do like yeah ever. i'm not someone who's like oh i want to be a doctor and i knew it from like this yeah. time i was like two I was like when I was in school I loved history and I still love history like it just yeah you definitely it's do just, I, it's just like so fascinating like if you everything makes sense when you history repeats itself like all the time so like everything just makes sense when you like go back in history um, but I wanted to be a history teacher at first because mm. I just like loved it and then I kind of pivoted from that and I actually came to America and I like got obsessed with architecture mm-hmm. so I used to like just design my own houses when I was like about 14 for like the crack and just like yeah. had all these like crazy houses I designed. Um, so when like, so, like I did art as well because art's like meant to be like the best thing for you to do but I like, kind of loved art as well. Um, and you obviously do art history so it's like, like the two of them like connect. And then I was like, actually, do you know what? I'd love to do fashion design. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to young people who said it's too hard so I was like, I'll do interior design. And then I was in leaving certain accounting I found, I found accounting so easy mm. so I was like oh my god how hard can this be sure I'll do accounting I'll go to college and do commerce it's a good job you'll earn like good money or whatever and then I got to college and I was like oh it's not really like 
blowing your mind. It's, yeah. It just wasn't cre- like it was kind of it's very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm no longer in academia. I found like it to be like very restrictive. Uh, so I was looking for something like a little bit more creative that was like still within like that kind of world and I just like loved marketing especially like the branding part but or even like global marketing like it's really interesting so specialized in marketing but when you're finishing you know um like college in a recession mm. where you're doing something as broad as commerce you, yeah, you just need to specialize yeah mm-hmm. like my sister is doing um, my sister Aileen like I have so many siblings so <laughs> but she just finished commerce as well and she's doing a master's because you kind of have to now yeah everyone who fin- does like a business course or That's just goes on to do yeah. master's so I did my master's and when I finished that I like I got the highest in the class in my thesis so your master's sorry did I miss that your oh master's? sorry master's in market is in marketing in marketing okay yeah. and then where did you do your master's I did everything in NUIG okay so I was there okay for like a long time okay so I did everything like in NUIG and then I like lectured for like a bit um, <laughs> so I did my master's there and like that was on brand placements in the movies so your master's was on brand placement in movies the that was my master's thesis sorry I'm not being very clear okay but the thesis yeah and it was it was really really interesting but I got the highest in the class so I was offered a PhD after. And me being like you got the highest in your class like how many in, people in your class there was like maybe 28 but it was just in the thesis i did not get the highest in the class overall okay the thesis bit was the thesis like, sorry yeah. yes which um, is at the end but that's still everybody has to do a thesis mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and how many males were in that class males oh god like do you think there was a balance or do you think no, it was primarily there was female definitely there was definitely more female i think there might have been like maybe five or six i want to say five or six Males and then like the rest were like females. and you got that the highest thesis yeah I mean I didn't really think about it at the time and did, just does like, everybody who get the highest see I didn't do a master's either. yeah <laughs> does everybody who gets the highest thesis get offered a PhD no I don't think so is this just a thing yeah I think like now it's more you have to like apply for it a bit more but I was like offered it because there was like funding there to do like more research and stuff and I was just like lost I was so lost I didn't know what I wanted to do I like you know had no experience interviewing as really like I'm still probably a really bad interviewer like if I was to like go for like a new job but I was just really lost and didn't know what to do and this kind of came up and I remember talking to my brother Derek who like lives in he was living in he still lives in Australia but I was like and he I kind of listened to he's like my go-to for like all kind of career advice because everything he says is so on point and he was like look if you don't do it now you'll never do it yeah absolutely. so like you should definitely do it but he was like what you are going to like it's going to kill you that all your friends are going to go traveling and you're going to be stuck at home doing this mm. and oh my god was he right it was like my sister and friends went and live in australia and i like mm. kind of tagged on at the f- front part and did a bit of asia with them and then i backpacked in australia after i submitted my phd it pushed me i submitted my phd three months early because i was like i am back by parking and <laughs> also like done is like just like it's a long time to be looking at something so at um, that point you were in NUIG for six what do you say six years before you started the PhD no I was there for four four so commerce was three commerce yeah. and then the masters that was four years so then yeah. you were willing to stay on so then I was like yeah sure I was like I'll do yeah I was like yeah sure how hard can it be and I forgot how much I absolutely hated writing my thesis like I'm not a studious person I do not like studying but for some reason I thought this would be a good idea like it was really it's like really like PhD is a very lonely thing it's mm. like you're on your own it's you in your head I read that when I finished um my PhD and I was looking for a job in like I always say the real world versus academia or like in industry I was watching these videos and there was a woman from a career guidance um coll- uh, part of a college in the UK and she worked on the career guidance team and she was like I'm always like 
really stunned by PhD students or people who just got their PhDs because I would think they'd be like the most confident person in mm. the world because they've you know you've just gone through all of this and like you just got you have doctors, but really she's like they're the cast with so much self doubt because you've been taught to question everything for four years, so you're like because you're always literally like you can never be on the fence so you like never ever ever say I think because mm. I could be like I think and your external examiner could be like well I think this so you're wrong because I'm the examiner and I've got more experience right so and subjective you know, so yeah. it's totally subjective so it ha- you have to be like it is this yeah but then you'd be like but what if it could be that oh but it could be this and oh my god am I right and then you just like back everything up and like everything so you have like so much like self-doubt but which I think I'm like coming out of and getting better like getting better <laughs> at that it'll kind of never leave you but then it also like means that like you can approach things way more objectively which is like something that I realise is you know, like I'll see people like put stuff in that things at work or say something and I'm like you you cannot say that mm. and they're like why not and I'm like because well, I can prod 50 holes in it from one question you, mm. can, you know like so what's a client going to say if they like you know like, so are you talking being like that you cannot be subjective like a, like this opinionated based like I think like when opinions I, I mean like we live in an opinion like you know people are, someone at work says something to me and I'm like where did you read that and they're mm. like or not even work just in general and they'd be like oh I read it here and I'm like that's an opinion piece that's mm-hmm. not actual fact you can't stay stated like it's fact it's someone's opinion so I'm like very like Mm. like rigorous like that which is where I bring that part of academia over at me but then I think people think I'm sometimes I get the perception that they might just think I'm like a killjoy but I'm like you can't say that like, yeah. you can't say that and expect me to come in and defend it because I'm not going to defend it because it's actually not accurate so yeah. when it's accurate I like so that's what your PhD thought well one of the things that your PhD taught you but how was that how long was the PhD? Um, it was nearly four years. It was meant to be. It was like, yeah, it was a really oh long time. Oh my god! It was a really, really long so time. So like, you're and very familiar with Galway. Very familiar with Galway. And actually, I actually have my PhD here. I brought it with me. Oh One my of my god. friends like bring that with you, and it's like it's it, it's like bring it with you whenever you think you can't do anything. Look at that. So it was actually good advice. But mine, because it was mixed methods, it was actually 150 thousand words. And okay. Usually they're 80. But like there was so much in it that I couldn't not put in because it gave so much context. Right. So it was like double the, the normal size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even my external examiner when I submitted it, he was like, "Do you got hard? Do you got like hard copy of this so that I don't?" He was on vacation. It was over Christmas, and he was like, "I can't bring, I can't bring this with me." Yeah. Me? Um, I definitely. I mean, maybe he did. He was the nicest man, but maybe he did read it all, but probably not. Um, because it was huge. But um, so yeah, it was so like. I kind of condensed two of them. I don't like making things easy for myself, clearly. So, like, two of them within, like, the four years. Yeah. So it was, like, a lot. And what else, like, for somebody who maybe is on the verge of, like, thinking of doing a PhD or would like to do it, mm-hmm. what else have you, like, did that, those like, four years te- teach you? I mean, I honestly, like, there's... I, I, I regretted it every day that I was doing really? it. Really? Yeah, like, and the amount of times... I love like, how you admit that. Oh, like, yeah. every day. Like, it was... Yeah, I remember this is like so loud. I remember just like being like, I'd like look out the window and my dog's doing nothing. I'm like, I'm so jealous of you. Like, yeah. you're just, no, you don't care in the world. It was like, it's just so all encompassing. And whenever anyone like messages me and like, I'm thinking about doing a PhD, I'm always like, do you need it? Because like, in reality, I didn't need it, but I got it. Yeah. Like, I have it. And honestly, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm a totally different person because I like think so differently. I approach things differently. I'm just like it yeah. helps me so much. I'm, it's always open on my desk at work. I use it 
all the time yeah um, and then it's a good thing because like you know like the leadership team at work then like know that like i know research like they value like what i say and like things like that so like that's good yeah but um i always say like do you need it and mm-hmm. if you don't need it like it's because it's such a commitment and it literally engrosses your life for four solid years ballpark how much is it for a phd to do a phd so like i was funded for like the first two years there was funding within the university i think it's about five thousand for the fees every year and then like for the last two years i got um funding from the irish research council which i honestly was so surprised about because they don't usually give it to people within the social sciences mm-hmm. but i was really lucky like my phd was on generation-wise relationship with fashion brands wait say that slowly sorry generation-wise relationship with fashion brands generation-wise relationship with, with fashion, fashion brands, brands. Yeah. so what age are generation-wise right now Right now, okay, so those born between 1977 and 1994 are Generation Y, and then Gen Z are 95 to 2010. So I'm a Generation Y? You're a Gen Y. Okay, yeah. Like millennials. Okay, got it. Oh, so like millennials. Okay, got it. Like the Gen Y is the term for us, the millennials became a thing. There's like loads of different terms, but like Gen Y is like if you're going by the way that people refer to generations. Are baby boomers before that? It is baby boomers, then Gen X, then gen y then gen z then are gen our alpha. parents baby boomers no. mine are gen x so 1960 to 77 is gen x and then before that is baby boomers oh my parents mm-hmm. are gen x mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah cool um so yeah like they i mean i but it's like it engulfs it it literally consumes mm. every thought and one of my friends started doing a phd and like dropped out and she's like this wildly amazing job at hubspot now and she's so happy that she did but she said to me when she was dropping out she said you said something to me before i started and i actually didn't believe you and it was about that you literally it's I, what did i say to her it's the first thing you think about no i said you will love going to bed at night and dread getting up in the morning oh my is what God, i said Anna. and she and she was like i didn't believe you and that is exactly how i feel because it is i was like oh my god do i actually have to like especially when i do my interview um analysis and it takes way longer to do interviews because you have to post code yeah and i didn't know what i was doing i was unsure i was like oh my god is this the right way to do it mm. i didn't have that much help not a lot of people had done it within the university so it's kind of like was trying to figure it out myself and anyway i got through it i survived but it's like the skills like being able to just like approach things a bit more objectively so like yeah and i think that might be something like in just someone would say i mean here it's more like someone would usually like in relation to politics and they'd be like oh someone who like doesn't support the new green deal is a republican or you know or Mm. something ridiculous like that like and i'm like no maybe someone who doesn't support the new green deal realizes that there's honestly if you don't live outside of new york you Mm. need cars to get around so like (laughs) it's kind you know like yeah when you like make then they're like oh and i'm like just like take a step back and look at this a bit more objectively you know like <laughs> objectively like, objectively yeah so like, you... it's kind of like that and then other things sorry I totally interrupted you no sorry um I mean just self-discipline yeah like I, mm-hmm. like I mean I, you know like I hate studying but so like, to, for me to get to my desk and like do that for like oh it's so hard um, for four years I'm <laughs> like it feels like a different life it honestly feels like I never did it right it's yeah. just like so different um there's like, so many things I've learned I kind of nearly forget but it's just like yeah it's you know innate now yeah do you think that if you had done it at this age or maybe like a couple Mm -hmm. years older it would be different 
I honestly don't think I'd have done it. Okay. If I didn't do it then. Um, no, as in like if you had been mature, more mature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would yeah. you think you would have taken to it differently? Because I feel like, I feel like if I did college now, mm-hmm. I would love it so much more. Yeah. Even though I did love it, but I feel like I would just absorb the information so much more. Like, yeah. youth is really wasted. I know we're yeah, still young, I know. but youth I know. is really wasted on the young. I'd love to do. Co- I'd love to go back to college. Like, you see, I think that's true for undergrad and masters, but yeah, not for a PhD. Not for PhD yeah. Like, I mean, I always say that like undergrad teaches you life skills. Yeah. Like, what do I remember from my undergrad? Like, one thing. I remember and I use this all the time. It was one lecture that I had. It's nothing to do with anthem, but I learned it's like how to pre- pre- present. So when mm. I'm doing a deck at work, obviously like I'm always presenting research and analytics. And it's like, I saw this great quote recently. One of the, um, the VP of strategy had it in a deck and he was like, it's really easy to make the simple hard, but it's so hard to make the hard simple. Mm-hmm. So like just, I'm also like one thing per slide. If I'm looking at someone else's deck and I have a question, then the slide's going to have a question. So, mm. like, always approach it like this. It's really easy to make the simple hard, but it's very hard to make the hard simple. Mm-hmm. That's so which is actually, which is so true. It's so true. And, like, I mean, that's another thing that I learned in my PhD. It's like, I mean, even like, well, I think when it comes down to how I write decks at work, and it's like the, everything must lead from one thing to another. And yeah, well, so people don't know what decks are, though, because oh, I said sorry. This is somebody. Oh, yeah, sorry, like a, de- like a presentation to yeah. a client presenting like research or like findings yeah. or a strategy. Yeah, typically on PowerPoint or, slides. <laughs> yeah, we use, I mean, like, I have a lot of Google clients, so I get to use a lot of Google um, Google slides, which I like, I do like because it's so collaborative and also keynote co- um, collaborate. Yes. Um, I Google don't, don't Docs. I'm trying to transition the whole company to Google Docs. Oh, amazing. We're like, like, we love it. Some of us love it. And like some clients use it. And yeah. Oh, I, I actually like, I have like my, I have like my whole life on Google Docs. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I have same. the podcast oh, on Google Docs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Google Docs, like everything. It's collaborative. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I actually have to, I'm like doing a little bit of work this weekend, but like I had to basically got these survey results from a client and they were so unusable. And it was in like an Excel sheet and I'm so used to working in Google Docs that I had to move it into the Google spreadsheet to, to sort it and, and clean it and code it and then I'll like move it back into Excel and do Yes, I and do, do that stuff. as well. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's yeah. like I, I'm just so used to it now. Yeah, and um, just the feeling of having a live document versus something that you might not have saved. Yep. Like exactly. just having that live document. That saving in real time is amazing. And also yeah. Excel just quits all the time. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah. If you give to Excel too much it'll just quit. Yeah. yeah. Um, same <laughs> yeah totally so yeah like even like when, I, as, when I'm writing a deck it's like the logic that you, it's like the filter system like broad narrow narrow narrow, narrow. And like so you're like lead naturally leading someone through um, and but he used to say if you presented a slide that had way too much stuff on it he'd send you to the back of the hall and he'd be like what can you see there on that and he'd be like nothing so now when I look at a deck it's especially because we work a lot of partner agencies and I'm looking at stuff and I'm like there's yeah. 50 billion points on this slide how is someone who is not an analyst meant to decipher what's important yeah so you have to tell people what's important um but so you have the hard job of making the hard very simple yeah yeah like and like your my job is to like maybe there's 50 data points but what are the five juiciest yeah that you can then take to like a creative team or to the client and be like these are what you should action on yeah um but and this is like that i remember as well this is like a lot about my PhD but I actually but it's like I learned so much but I used to like go into you know I'd submit work to my supervisor and I'd get it back and it, in like Word and it would just be track changes everywhere and it'd be so much red and I'd be like oh my god not a lover of the believe. track changes and then there was like you know it's a few years ago so I if I see them now I get like PTSD I'm like I don't oh like god. I just don't think they're very helpful but 
that's how yeah. we used to like like do it was only yeah. way we could kind of do it at the time I'd prefer if it was Google Sheets and you can like leave comments um, or Google Docs but anyway that's how like I had to do it and I'd be like oh my god and I'd be so disheartened and then I we'd go in and talk through it and she'd be like it's work's not bad it's actually really good but this is going to make it even better yeah so it's going to just make it like more solid and then she'd be like this line like where I'd be like talking about something in some convoluted way she'd be like what are you trying to say here <laughs> And I'd be like, well, you know, I was trying to say it like A, B, C, and D. And she's like, well, then just say it like that. If you can't say this simply, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Honestly, the best thing. That yeah, you, you always say that. If you can't say it simply, sim- you, sim- you just like don't simplify it. You just don't know what you're talking you about. You literally don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because like, when I, see people, when I see people at work again writing like these convoluted words, you even get it from like really senior clients. Like one of my clients, um, she she's like, I actually don't know what her talking I should know her title. But anyway, she's like really, really high up in this like in huge global company that everyone would know about. I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> um, that we use every day. Um, but she was like looking at the slide where like one of my colleagues had this word and I was like, we don't come on, we don't need that word, just say it could be like, I don't know, like, you know, it's you're being too fussy or something mm. and they would have said pedantic or something like that. You oh, know? my eyes like, are rolling. Like oh academic speak. Like yeah. I obviously have to write academically for my PhD, but like we were humans. We yeah. interact like humans. And she was like, what are you trying to say here? Like, take that out. Just, just say that. You yeah. Know? So even the clients will say, because they have to, you know, like this client, it's the American arm and they have to take it back to their, like to, to Tokyo and Tokyo don't like, yeah, you know, like, they basically don't understand English the same way that we do or like pick up on the words the same way yeah. so like just like simplify it anyway also when it comes to like working with people if they can't say stuff simply it's the biggest red flag in my experience as well like so when someone's using these big convoluted words in meetings and stuff mm. they never know what they're talking about mm. ever it's really like biggest red flag I'm like the sirens go off in my brain I'm like oh shit oops I'm in for if I'm working with you know, like Maybe strategist who like mm. doesn't understand what they're talking about and I'm like oh boy because mm-hmm. uh, we would be partnering really strongly with strategy to help inform strategies and then help them take like the strategy to creative teams and like or even sell it through to clients and stuff so, yeah yeah well you so, get a lot of that convolution and kind of fancy words mm-hmm. thrown in here in the u.s oh, yeah. like i've i've definitely been thrown off by people who would speak to me like that and yeah. like you and I both work agency side so we have we're exposed to a lot of clients a lot of high CEOs yeah yep. people every day and yep. you're, you're you're like you get an email and it's like full of all these fancy words and you're like what the fuck do they mean like I've often sent emails to my boss and been like what does that what does this client mean yeah like yeah, why yeah. are they talking about my yeah. client my boss would just come back and be like write something really simple in yeah. one sentence and Same. I'm like oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally and that's just like it's communicating through email or I hate working from home because it's so hard to communicate with people yeah because people read stuff so differently to what you actually mean so I could be yeah. like you know like if I'm going through a deck like really quickly and I'm like trying to understand I'm like what does this mean yeah like I'm literally like oh like what does this mean yeah I'm not like what does this mean yeah like tell me what it means right yeah. now but people can just read it like so differently and yeah like so when you're in an office and you can just be like just like to chat yeah I'm just like a little bit confused about what this means here then it's just so much clearer yeah. as opposed to 
Yeah, so moral of the story, keep it simple. Yes. Yes. My dad always taught me that, keep life simple. Mm -hmm. These are my tangents, my many tangents. Your many tangents. So you finished the PhD successfully, um, and then when did you decide to come to America? Actually, when did you decide to start, when did you start posting on, like, your blog? My blog, I started my blog, and this is also crazy. Just don't tell me you started this during the PhD. I started during my PhD. Oh, my God. I started going into the final (laughs) year of my PhD because I knew that I didn't want to work in academia mm-hmm. like, like so you thought you still kind of thought you might be a teacher at this point or um, I mean I always kind of thought I'd do lecturing and I actually lectured for a bit after I finished as well but I knew that I didn't want to work in academia because it's the same thing over mm. and over it's like you lecture you correct exam papers you write research you do research you do it's, it's the same thing over and over like every every year and I just like wanted and but I also thought that my best lecturers in college were the ones who actually worked in industry yeah because their stories were so relatable and I remember them the most yeah so I like wanted like to have an opportunity to work in industry for like a bit so and New York I've always wanted to live here after the first time I came here like I have two uncles who like live upstate so I came here to visit them when I was like maybe 14 and I went home and I just I said to my mom I was like I'm going to live in America and she was like what and I was like yeah I'm going to live in America and she was like sure Mm-hmm. Sure. So when I when I finished, um, like I lectured for a bit and I like applied for jobs in London and then I was just like, you know, like like London's always going to be there. I'm pretty sure it's still going to be mm-hmm. there because we have like agreements pre-existing Brexit, so fingers crossed, it's still going to be there. Um, but I was like, you know, I can only get this J one for like a year. It could be my only chance. So I came back. Like honestly, when I think back, I was so crazy. I knew one person here who had left within three months because her visa was up. I think I came with like three thousand dollars in my bank account or something. Mm. Was I do? Was I well? Like no job, n- no like prospects. At the time though, you think that's a lot of money when you're going like. I thought that. I thought that was like a good amount of money, but like boy, did I blow through it! And it's like so hard. Yeah. To my deposit on my apartment was like triple that, <laughs> double that. Wow. Like do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, like yeah. it's you like, think that. Yeah, you yeah. Just, it's just a lot of money. It's a, it's a lot of money. And like, because I came, when I came, like I lived in Queens for my first year because I got sublets. And even like my apartment that I'm in right now, when people are like, why do you live in Midtown? And I'm like, I moved here because I got a sublet. I didn't have credit. Mm. So I got it and I like my apartment and I like, you know, like I have roommates and I like my roommates and the location's amazing. Mm. When people come to visit me, it's so central. Yeah. They'd like, my mom comes, I can go to work and she can wander off anywhere. And I'm like, get lost see you there yeah you know you like yeah so it's so honey like my brother and certain were here from australia like last year or earlier this year and i could go to work and they were like they do whatever they do and whatever, come yeah. back and then they do another thing so yeah but i got a sublet where i didn't have to pay a deposit yeah um in like woodside in queens didn't last there that long because i lived so far from the train mm-hmm I'd have to like get cabs from the subway to my apartment and it would actually cost me way more than if I just lived closer. That's funny, yeah. Um, and then so I lived in Sunnyside then after that and then I when I got my current job I could like finally afford to move here. But for my first year, like my first job here was so I got paid so so badly. Like mm. I don't know why I ever took it. I hated it so much. It was in fashion and like fashion is just not always cracked up to be mm. it doesn't really it honestly doesn't really pay that well yeah, and yeah for sure it's just like not that it's not glamorous yeah. it's not what you think it's going to be um i actually got an email for, like from recruiter for chanel recently and i was like she was really really they needed a senior analyst which but like i'm like a, 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 i like i guess half a level above that like we have a title in between director and 
and senior at work that's like yeah, yeah. and then every company is very different everyone's well. like very different yeah it's, it's with me- their titles yeah it's meant to be like a temporary kind of thing but so like it was like I was like slightly above like whatever and she was like um what they were paying was way below like what I'm on right now because it's in fashion and it's like senior, Chanel yeah and it's like Chanel you know it's like prestigious you're like, like I, I just need, I actually just need the money honey yeah I was, <laughs> like I don't I need Chanel like, she was also like really like kind of insulting and I was just like <laughs> no thanks I was like I don't need it that bad yeah. so yeah it's like it's funny that is funny sorry so you so you started your blog and started posting on oh yeah see this tangent yeah. again um, so I started literally it was November oh my god it's nearly it's nearly seven years ago yeah uh, it was November 2012 going into the last year I knew that I didn't want to work in academia so I needed to try to develop some real life skills that were going yeah. to help me get a job outside of like the world yeah. so I was talking to my friend the same girl in our extra hubspot and she was like honestly seriously I've been telling you for so long to just start a blog why don't you just do yeah. it so do you remember what year this was 2012 same year that yeah. I started yeah. posting yeah yeah and um, we followed each other like yeah, from the get from, like, before the Instagram because there really thing. wasn't that many people like there doing wasn't, it yeah um and that that's as well why like I never we I like I'm people we were talking about this last night actually where um, you know your personality type yeah and I'm an I I'm an introvert and I don't think a lot of people think that I'm an introvert yeah um, because I'm I can you know like I can t- I can talk to anybody yeah and I can be quite sociable but I'm actually I'm sociable once I know you yeah like if I don't know someone I'm it's really hard for me to kind of make like just be at a networking event and approach people or like it's really really I'm, I'm really out of my comfort zone that's why I don't really network that much which is really bad but like I'm a such I'm a really really introverted so for me to do that was so 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 hard yeah. and I never I was always kind of like oh my god what are people going to think they're going to think that I'm so like whatever so I never really yeah, who does she think she is I know I never really and like even now I still don't really like push it probably as much as I could have yeah I know I um, feel like you're very knowing you as a person I feel like you're very shy with it a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of just kind of you kind of stick in your own like kind like of thing. thing yeah yeah, yeah. And like I just like it and I kind of I mean it's not my full time thing like I have of a full time job yeah. and like, I think like do I'm kind of trying to do like what I like to do and also like I people must I'm not I was like I must be really shit to follow on Instagram because like I might post from Monday to Friday yeah I also cur- curse so much oh my god but um but like I'm just like working at yeah. work and like I know like right now I'm like so behind on the world snaps and I really want to do them but like I've been traveling with work and like just like so much going on it's it's q4 and it's always such a fun time for world fashion but like it's all i'm so busy at work and i'm like i just want to do this but i also have to like you know work. do my job so <laughs> um so yeah, i started doing that and then like it helped me like you learn so much doing mm. something like this like you're kind of you're like the creative director you're the account person you're like the web person you're the analyst you're the strategist you're coming up like all these different things so the skills that you get and i think for like bloggers I think people just like look and they're like, oh, that this one like goes off on his lunch and like for somebody who does it full time, this one goes off on his lunch and like takes some pictures of themselves and that's their life. Oh, what a great life! It is so much more than that. So different, yeah. It's yeah. like it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And again, like doing something if you're like a blogger and you do this, you're working for yourself. That is just as lonely as I was doing my PhD mm-hmm. because you're like I said, you're on your own like mm-hmm. all the time. I think because of my PhD, I also like I don't want to work for myself. I don't want to work like by myself I like going to an office I like having people there yeah I did it for four years where I was just me on my own and like I like I've done that mm-hmm. so I enjoy going to the office yeah we have yeah. office dogs 
Yeah. Love him now. You know, like Gus is your ass's office dog. Gus is my favorite. I may be slightly biased, but like I love him. (laughs) Um, He's so cute. But yeah, like so, it's like that's yeah. Yeah. So so then you start you started blogging. It's primarily fashion. You started blogging, and then what year did you move to America? We moved in September two thousand fourteen. So okay, so two years. years after you. Started your blog yeah. and then you're here five years. I'm here five years. Yeah. So so you kind of, firstly when you came to visit your your uncles here in New York, mm-hmm. you were like, I'm gonna move to America, mm-hmm. and then was that continue like did that get you through the last year of your PhD that you were like, I'm definitely gonna move to New York. What got me through? My supervisor used to always be like, just think of the red gown, just yeah. think of the red gown, and I was like, damn it, I'm gonna wear that bloody red gown. <laughs> I am going to wear it. It's like way too short lived. It goes too fast. I was like, I'm going to wear this red gown. Yeah. And that is it. And the big hood. Because the hood gets bigger. Like, the more, the higher the level, the bigger the hood that you wear. Yeah. You know, um, with your cloak. but And also the ridiculous hat. But, like, the hat is so ridiculous. But you can't, you if you, you get capped is essentially yeah. what it is. So, it's actually kind of a point of pride. So, that was, like, most of it. It's just, like, finishing it. And I just wanted to do it. And I'd gone so far. And I had so much done. Yeah, I remember like the last month I like went into my supervisor and I was like I can't do this I was like I'm done and I was like in, nearly in tears or probably was in tears I was like it was, it was routinely at about 7 o'clock on a Monday I mm. had like just break down every week towards the end because it was like so all in consuming I couldn't sleep Um, and she was like you've all the hair part is done you're just like you're just finishing writing this up now mm. so yeah um yeah basically and were just, you thinking about going to America like how- it was it was in the back of my mind but I kind of was like I was scared as well because yeah. like I was crazy to do it but like the, when the time came not crazy to do it but like when I think back I'm like what were you thinking yeah obviously like all worked out but um, I just really needed to change because yeah. by the time that I finished like my sister had my sister like like Emma like we, we'd be like the closest she went to England to do like her um, I guess post like postgrad um, right after she finished her we did arts and she did arts and I did commerce at the same time I, yeah. I had to repeat a year because I got really sick and I missed most of the year in school so I repeated into her year and we did our leaving cert together and then we were like in college together and she went to London and she was in London for like two years and then went to Australia and like Asia and did all that and I'd been back and was living in London again I had friends who were like in Dubai so many of them had already travelled there were some here so like all of my friends most of them had like mm. had already like done the travel bit mm-hmm. and I'd kind of still been at home so I like just wanted something different mm-hmm. I just needed a change and it was like London or New York was yeah. the ones that I saw was like probably the, the best way to like do it for me um, so you got the J1 I got the J1 okay and, um, and I moved and I got worked in a really crap job for a few months and then I got a job in a tiny tiny agency that I was so happy to get in hindsight it was so still so underpaid mm-hmm. um, but she she applied for my visa like she actually she paid the part the part that the company has to pay but I actually paid for my um, lawyer myself which is the most expensive part so was this so you were on the J1 then you went on the H1B straight away basically Um, within I got it within like the year yeah because I came in September it was like perfectly timed so my visas I didn't need to leave I just went home to like renew my visa but she sponsored me um, and like I had like the lawyer's visa was the part you don't get back but my lawyer afterwards was like we actually can't believe you got this I was like what and she was like yeah I mean they don't give it to small companies you they actually applied for me in a part-time role because i was earning um so little that like yeah essentially like my hours had to like be brought down to fit like the 
the description so that I could actually apply as, as that. So you were applying a H1B in a part-time role? I applied as for a part-time That's H1B. Insane. And it was like, there's like, she was like, everything was stacked against you, but she thinks the one thing that worked for me is PhD, because obviously they want to keep yeah. more educated people. Oh my um, God. You know, because, like, like, I mean, my old, like, I'm still, I still go into the university when I'm at home, like, all the time, and one of the lecturers there would be like, you know, like, Ireland should be trying to keep the people that they're educating. Yeah. But, like, I... They just like they don't. They, they don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah. And even like my brother, who's been in Australia for like eleven years, he's a civil engineer, and he's just like, he's like, when I go home, if I try to decide to go home tomorrow, they'll tell me, even though I have he's like a great job in Australia mm. and he's so many years experience. I say, oh, but you don't have Irish experience. And I'd be like, but you have a different way of thinking because you worked in a different country, so therefore that makes it like yeah. that means that you could maybe bring back a skill, but it's not like that. Like they kind of they're like, oh, you don't have it here. So you're almost like because we've left, it's kind of that bit harder, like for you to go back or something. It's like in ten certain times skills. as faster here. Oh, Everything so much faster, so fast. So fast. But that's like his experience, with like yeah. a civil engineer. But me, like I don't know. I I do know that like if I was to go home, I wouldn't get to work on near. Um, if I was to do like in Dublin, just because like I like my friends who work in agencies there, like the budgets are smaller. Mm-hmm. So like the budgets that I like we work on at work are outrageous. Yeah. Like, some of them I'm like. Oh Some of them are like half a million, nearly a million. Oh, for me, yeah, like multiples, multiple millions, multiples. Like, yeah. Some of our clients, and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. um, like one of our clients, we literally helped them just purely through the work that we did. Recently, have their single highest grossing day in history. Holy shit! Like, have their like it's this is like massive, massive global international brand. Just purely because of the analytics that I worked on the strategy that the strategist worked on well, the, so you're the, saying the they made the, the most genius. sales with with be, where they're like social agency of record mm-hmm. or like their digital agency of record I guess and the strategy and that you guys built the strategy fed into the creative okay and the creative went out on social and purely no other activations I've gone out it was purely that's what drove the highest footfall like that's ever. insane so like stuff like that you're like oh my god like being able to put stuff like that on your resume is like yeah. kind of insane yeah like I mean what I love to be I don't I miss the food like sometimes yeah. I'm just like I just need people to get what I'm saying yeah like you can make something be like say like slang or sometimes like I like say because I'm from the west like we'd have a little bit more Irish words yeah like my granny always insulted an Irish you know like things like yeah. that like um, I remember there was one time I was working with someone and he was really hard to work with and I was like oh he's such a plumber and they were like what are you saying and I was like I googled it and I was like oh that's an Irish word it's like, he's full of empty flattery like, oh my I god like, and I was like oh I didn't realize that was an Irish word and they were like, yeah. yeah Um, but so I just think like the kind of the opportunities that I have here in like where in what I'm working in yeah is like is very different and um like the way that we do things in like in terms of analytics I think is a bit ahead of of like the UK or even like Ireland yeah with budgets like that it has to be yeah because you you kind of have to get a little bit more inventive in like how you do things and um my like one of my ex-co-workers she didn't get her um h1b so she was actually recruited from Dublin to go to an agency there Mm. and bring in the way that we work as like an analytics team so like th- because they didn't have that set in and we already had it established for maybe like two years mm-hmm. so and now it's just like keeps like growing the yeah like so stuff. tell people like what your title is and what you actually do Basically, like let's yeah. make now your job again now mm-hmm. is to make the hard simple because yeah. your job isn't something that people especially people who aren't in media or social media might understand yeah i mean like I'm, i someone like messed me this week actually and they were like can you just talk to us about what you do at work and i i like even find it hard to even 
like talk about like what I do because yeah. it's like so different and like, so many different like it's it just really depends on the product the project that I'm working on yeah so sometimes it's like creative insights mining where I might so wait use... so go back so you're working in an oh sorry yeah I work for a different like and I, we're basically working advertising okay I'm like we're for massive massive brands you don't have to yeah. say the brands but I'm yeah. like just to describe I mean, like, I, mean I, I already said that like we have, I have a lot of Google clients um, yeah some of the other clients like we like we do we're a full service like digital agency so like we do like websites for people um all about JetBlue's user experience all into end I don't work on that side but like um we just had like we don't really work with them anymore we used to work with Hasbro like all of the games that you ever play Monopoly okay yeah like Monopoly Game of Life anything okay and this is digital gaming this was like we used to help them come up with games new games to create that's insane yeah yeah um we can like do it Anyway. So you work on creative strategies for massive brands mm-hmm. yeah. and social. Um, so I, I work on social for like some more like digital. Um, all the ones are like brand campaigns, like right? Huge brand campaigns. Um, that we'd be doing like TV spots, um, like everything. Okay, it can be like everything. Um, and like for me, like mine, like differs. Like for some accounts, it's like more reporting focused. Um, for to help like improve what you do next time. Other ones is like it's creative um insights so like i'll come in before we we might get a brief or we can even more recently we've been able to help shape some briefs mm-hmm. um and that's me purely me like me and like the strategist like being like okay we might have some punches but i'll be like okay i'll i'll go off and build a you know like i'll do some social listening and build like a query to do social listening around eight all these different topics and then we have our own research panel that we can ask them questions so i'd be developing a survey for that and then you pull everything together and see the story that's there yeah um, so you're you're probably working a lot with the creative side of things to kind of be more the analytical side and, and help that yeah. balance and build the overall strategy yeah. and just to basically like have a more like some of our clients are really they obviously we we they're we we're their creative agency, mm. but they want it to be data driven, mm-hmm. um, which is which is what little, what everyone wants. What everyone wants. Yeah, but they yeah. really need to be data driven. Even in PR, because like I work in PR, but like it's like people want to see. We don't guarantee numbers with PR, so it's very hard to kind of like. Yeah. It's like a lot about brand awareness and like mm-hmm. you know like kind of brand association. So like a lot of people like they want to see certain numbers or certain ROI and it's like very very hard to put numbers against yeah. pure oh it's completely yeah, yeah um like awareness is like it's so hard to measure but like measure awareness yeah but if you don't have that awareness and yeah. it drops off then you're probably going to see a dip like yeah. you know um mm-hmm. but yeah so like because they, they they just need it to be I mean like I YouTube was my main client for like a year two nearly two years yeah um, and we still work with them a little bit but like a lot of brands are taking like these things in-house and yeah they, they just come to us like differently but they were super super data driven if there wasn't a data point around something it was never going to get done mm-hmm. um it was never going to get made so my job there was to like come in with insights to start to hopefully the creatives will follow they don't always then you got to back into something and kind of be like okay actually this does make sense because of whatever or else just be like this isn't going to work because mm. there's nothing that we can back this up. we can't the data know, doesn't the, back the, it up the data doesn't tell that story yeah so you know i mean and like, obviously like you i mean if you're looking to, at data like you it just depends on like how you can actually like use it to tell mm. whatever story because you're never going to get a, a viral idea from doing something that was done before it needs to be like, different mm-hmm. so it's more like how, what what points of inspiration can you try to get that's mm-hmm. going to make the idea 
like grounded enough for the client yeah so it's kind of like yeah like so that what fine balance. what would be could you could you give me an example of something very simple that you would wor- have worked on like a project like you don't even have to give yeah. like like um, names or brands but like something that they want to achieve that you would work on uh, oh god um like for me it would be like very very simple top line stuff would be like we are launching a brand in the US so like we have to build like a strategy from social yeah, to yeah, yeah. like PR to oh, like yeah. press to digital print yeah. you know radio or whatever it would be like I mean yeah, like definitely like for you know there might be what one where like the client would be like I want to know like you know they need a report around something like, oh no this performs better than this or this mm. is better than that or should I do more of this or this or like so like stuff like that but then also like a lot of our projects are you get a brief and then you like need they're like we're launching I don't know like we're launching like a new product next month okay and we want the strategy so could Hasbro be launching a new game say um yes we worked with them like slightly differently we were more um, but it could be that but it could be yeah it could be like or it might be like you know like someone's launching a new tv or okay yeah it just like really differs um all the clients like one of the projects that I'm working on right now that I'm actually going to California for on Sunday on Tuesday is a lot it's like an organizational change project so it's more about the people mm-hmm. and it's like they want to understand their members more okay so, so this is a massive company that has so many it's like in it? it's kind of a small company it's like a um it's a financial institution but like it's a localized one mm-hmm. um and they need to they feel like they don't understand much about their members so our job is to get that understanding but get it from both sides get mm-hmm. it from the internal stakeholders and get it from the audience and then like pull all of those together and help them come up with a new brand basically okay. um so that's like a lot of for that one it's a lot of like interviews um surveys just put out that the survey is like the bane of my existence this week weekend because it's they we have to use their survey tool and it's like it's kind of old and not usable um and then just like a lot of like mri data Statista, any like tools that we can try to pull in to mm. help um inform like what's going to make sense for them yeah to like move forward other ones then are more like that kind of intimate thing where we'll come up with a strategy that the client kind of like will will sign off on and that is going to help fuel where the creative goes for like mm-hmm. what we actually make and then it might be a thing that during the creative process they're like do you know what the clients need more data so mm-hmm. they want to understand these people more so i gotta look at whatever i'm have available to me it's really hard now because obviously the apis are like closed but maybe it's like i can you know like see who's talking about this mm-hmm. and like try to create a profile of people that way to like see like what they are like yeah one of our clients for like one of their products that was coming out last year um it was it um was coming back it had been taken away the year before and it was coming back and people really missed it yeah so they were like who are these people and i went in and I, we actually took this out of the the presentation before you get sent it to the clients but i was like they're in internally i was like they're basic bitches they're literally the most basic people they, oh my they're God. just like there's they're just huh. basic like they love pop culture they love their family they like they're just like you know they're just literally they like not that they love the pro- they all they talk about is like pop culture or like they share pictures of their fall autumn kind of you know like, like literally, with their with their um boots you, and their, their fall scarves and yeah, their like literally you know vests like, yeah you know like, you know like when they say it's like the basic starter pack it was yes. like it was like reading through threads and like, they're like, like psl this. yeah literally from starbucks like exactly 
it's not me so, I swear yeah. no it's funny we were working on another, on another like on a pitch for um an alcohol brand that was trying to target millennial women and basically it was um the strategy that we landed on was we all have basic tendencies like oh yeah I love avocado toast avocado toast everything's considered basic pockets in a dress is considered basic yeah I love I love pockets in yeah dress. and even that's like fucking common that yeah, yeah, is yeah. considered basic so, so like we all be the basic yeah. was that everyone is everyone has a bit of basic in them and there's nothing wrong with it yeah Instagram is the most basic thing of oh, the world yeah. in the whole totally. world yeah I mean as well like I drink Tito soda um, which is considered the absolute most basic okay thing. but like I drink Lacroix basic so basic love a good Lacroix I actually like white, isn't it White Claw what's it called Claw White Claw yeah, yeah. that's like um, a hard seltzer but like the reason I drink Tito's is because like the food here like effed me up so bad in my first year so I have like I have to people are always someone actually asked me recently if I was if I'd gone vegan and I I haven't but like I have to be so careful with what I eat and, mm. and if I'm not I like won't be able to go to bed like I had pizza like when my sister was here during the summer and I have to go to the doctor the next week to get something oh for my, my stomach because like it just there's so much it just does not agree with me yeah because there's so much preservatives and stuff in it so but like when it comes to drinking like I love wine but yeah. I can't drink it that much so yeah. like the best thing for me to drink is just like potato soda yeah and I'm just so used to it now that I'm just like yep yeah give yeah. it to me I yeah. don't know I love a good cocktail but yeah keep it clean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so you're living here five years you're working in the same company but you've grown your way up in, in that company mm-hmm. what do you see as the pros and cons of living in New York City you probably get asked this all the time um I mean but... the pros are like it's just there's just so much to do there's mm-hmm. always something to do so much opportunities you just never know who you're going to meet yeah um like you just get like just the people that you meet like you can meet the most insane people yeah. anywhere um, I mean like for me as well like the the projects that I get to work on um, I think I probably you'd have to go here or London maybe Shanghai or somewhere to kind of work on the same type mm-hmm. of projects um, but New York is kind of like the hub now I think um, that like I just I really don't think I'd have the same kind of opportunities at home because as I said like talking to my friends who work in in agencies it's more like you might be given some budget from the UK to like have yeah. as, as part of like when you're an agency there whereas here it's like we've everything and like we're like running and building these like global things that people see like yeah. the, all the brands I work on we use every single day like yeah. you know yeah every single day like and you get just to work on them. I get to work on them like they're fun I'm like oh my god this is like so much fun. you know like yeah it's, it's, it's like really fun um and then like yeah I think like honestly whenever people ask me same thing at work that like what do I like most about work about like where I work but also like New York like it's the best thing is the people that you meet mm. because like I mean I came here like I said I knew no one once like my friend Anya left and like I've met everyone I've met everyone that's here I've met since I've been here yeah. so it's it's really hard really really hard to meet people here but like when you do then which is which is a con it's yeah. so hard to meet people here do you here. think it's hard to meet people here I do I think it's like it, it can be a very lonely place yeah. you know like it's just I do think it's hard to meet people yeah. because I, I'm lucky I have I know people through work so yeah. like it makes that makes it like easier and having that connection makes it like really easy but it's kind of hard when you move compared to the base of friends you'd have at home yeah it's or like your family your when family you, are always your base at home yeah yeah and like when you move and it's like I have such a big family but like when you move here first like trying to get that base mm. is really really hard mm-hmm. 
Um, and people move so frequently because of visas. Because if you, you end up meeting a lot of Irish people and they move so frequently, I've lost so many friends to, yeah, to yeah, visas. Yeah. Like it's it insane. Is the worst. Yeah, it's, and you think you're growing, and then they start like you grow your base, and they start off dropping yeah. one by one by one. Yeah, it, like, it, it like it ebbs and flows. It like, does ebb and like, flow. Yeah. You have like a good base, and then people like leave, and you're like should I leave and then yeah. it kind of comes up again and I think I'm I'm up again right now and I'm like I just need to sleep and then like it like drop you know like it's like it keeps it like coming it's also kind of a funny there's always like this funny way of it like coming around I yeah. think but just starting off it's like really really hard yeah Um, and then other cons the food like really really like the food here yeah I just there's no there's no like peak with the only nice time you have food, if good food is like when you eat out mm-hmm. and I think like trying to make your own food nice yep 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 like it's, and it's just like it lasts for something like I've given up on it yeah it's like whenever people like kind of complain about the food and stuff I'm like this is like where I'm going to come back but you need to understand why it is the way that it is like I understand why you know like food lasts for longer here I understand why there's sugar in the bread or like there's hormones in the milk it's like oh we we can have stuff at home that is like fresh because it's like less than five million people that you're catering for in a small little island, you know, like a small island. Yeah, we can get stuff around the country like really fast, and everything is local, and it's like so. We fresh. take that for granted, don't we? We take it for granted here. Yeah. You're catering to three hundred and thirty million people. Yeah. So like when food, like when avocados are coming from California or Mexico, like they. This is you with the data be, again. I'm yeah. loving it. So that so yeah, yeah when you like, think like, about it that way, it needs to come. It needs to like survive the travel and then like live on a shelf for yeah. some amount of time which is not good for us like ultimately but it's like I mean we live here so that that's our decision yeah so like I understand why it is the way that it is but like obviously like when you eat out you get the best like the food I always like if people give me a recommendation or they ask me for recommendations I'm like do not eat anywhere near Times Square because it's just overpriced and outside Times Square is like the most amazing yeah. food um, West Village East Village like, like, even around here in Midtown yeah like Brooklyn like just yeah. so many good restaurants yeah um, and food here is like really expensive so you want to make sure if you're spending the money that you're getting like yeah, something good yeah which in Times Square or near kind of Times Square you'll spend the money and you'll get crap you'll get crap yeah like, literally um, so yeah the definitely the food um, and then other things I mean sometimes it's like it can be like really the, and this is like you know like we're obviously we're, we're all like really advantaged and like we're really lucky like the fact that we come here with no student debt is just and I and yeah. then my friends have student debt yeah and I know like, if I got my education here I'd be like I don't think I'd ever get out of debt no um, <laughs> so like it's insane yeah. but um, I think like sometimes I just like would lo- love that if someone like I said earlier when I'm talking about something they just understand what I'm saying sometimes yeah. um, but that's just yeah. me, that's just me being like a little bit selfish I, I know because like when you ring your mom you're just like you're going like, on like yeah. you're up to 90 like ringing your, like you're like talking on the phone so quickly and like yeah it just like comes out of you and then you like I might go into work and I'll be like if I'm at my computer for a long time and I'll stand up and say something people are like wait what and I'm like or I'm like come here to me and they're like wait what yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah, like yeah. somebody actually said that to me like I was like come I know, here to me I know and somebody's like I'm, I, I'm here and yeah. I was like oh my god yeah or I'd literally be like come here to me or like come here and they're like what and I'm like oh they're literally moving closer and I'm like yeah. I'm the owner or no like, yeah. like or, or I'd be like you know I'd like oh I did I'm that moving but like, closer yeah I didn't move closer and I'm like why are you in my face yeah Um, or like I'd be like oh you know I did that the last day and they're like what day and I'm like 
the last day and they're like no what actual day and I'm like Jesus I don't know yeah. like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday you, you were the one who told me you were like Ireland's the most indirect culture oh. and it's so, it's true. so true okay so, so true. this is honestly one of the, the things I was probably referring to but couldn't verbalise but like when I've had to become so much more direct here like at work and it's, yeah. it's feedback that I always always get and I'm like I know and I'm trying but it's like so hard because yeah. we grow up in like a society where you I could be saying something and you'd be like oh my god I know yeah because like whatever and we finish each other's sentences yeah and that's like it's just the norm but here people let you finish what you're saying and then you will say what you're saying and then you keep going back and forth but I'm still me and yeah. I'm still like finish and then I'm like oh, do people think I'm really rude because I'm cutting them off all the time yeah but really I'm just conversing the way that we would at yeah. home um but I I think if when it's if it's an American watching two Irish people they're like mesmerized they're like oh my god you guys finish these other sentences do do they but do they then, think that like do we like do that? I've heard that oh that oh yeah we do we do and then I've um one of my friends probably don't even realize it. we do we don't realize it it's literally just the way that we are but one of my friends would told me that she this happened before where she was like in a bar and there was someone in there that mm. they had mutual connection through never met before mm. and they were talking and the American was just like watching with their jaw open and they were like. That was the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed. Because <laughs> you guys don't know each other, but you know this and these many people. And yeah. You just finish these other sentences. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'd be kind of like that, you know, like when I'm yeah, you know, for out for drinks after work and someone's talking about something that I know and then I'd be like, Oh my god, yeah, because like this is like whatever and they'll I never kind of then I'm like, Oh wait, maybe I should let them finish what they're saying. Yeah. But then like at work it's more like I'd be like, you know, be oh um I can't probably can't even remember what it was like before. I'd be like, Oh, you know, I think, um, oh, this this part is empty. Uh, this part needs to be done in the deck, or like it's you know it might be someone else's. You know the the strategic role isn't clear here, and that would be it. Rather than be like this makes no sense. Yeah, you gotta clean this. Up. I wouldn't yeah. do it. I wouldn't say it like that direct. Yeah, would be we like, use it. We use very indirect words in Ireland. Very very much slang. Very yeah. basic kind of casual language mm-hmm. for and sure. People just understand it. Yeah, but here it's like yeah. completely like stripping it back the CCO at work is Irish as well so like sometimes the two of us like we'll just be like <laughs> yeah because like he might say something I'm like no one understands what you're saying and he's like nope under yeah. you. you know like so it's yeah, like, yeah 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 I know and, and, and honestly quite quite honestly like I feel that's a little bit hard because you have to adapt to your surroundings or else you won't survive mm-hmm, and like yeah. It, it's you I don't know if you get it but like on my like if I'm on Instagram stories or like chatting or whatever people are like oh my god you're so Americanized probably because I just say a full sentence yeah just a direct full sentence or you know I say a word that's like not necessarily used because I'm so used to adapting like to, yeah. to working yeah. with American people to American CEOs reporting yeah. to like nine different people every single day yeah, yeah. and like you know having gone through so many job interviews where you have to articulate yourself extremely well and you yeah. have to learn how to do that and you feed off other people who are also yeah. doing the same thing to you totally so it's become like you have to really adapt to your surroundings yeah. but it's also made me feel a little bit more like like I suppose separated from my culture a little mm-hmm. bit because that's yeah. just not how like we we yap like in Ireland we we yap and we gossip and we we're very casual and playful with our yeah, language yeah. and we yeah. kind of sing as we talk yeah, kind yeah, of thing you know um, I, I mean I think like for me like I have four sisters who are ready to jump on me and like rip me down like yesterday I put up on my Insta story like I had these oh yeah they don't give you an inch they give me nothing like I said sweater before which is like we all say here and they were like sweater 
sweater. I know, but you know, like, until like you're open, like you don't understand. You don't understand. Because if you say, I, people are like, I don't know what a jumper is. Yeah. And yeah. they don't care. They're like, I don't know what a jumper is. And they, I'm like, they think it's a jumpsuit. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, like a jumpsuit is a jumpsuit. And then I make a play suit and they're like, what's a play suit? And the play suit is like, a short jumpsuit and then they're like eh what yeah, or yeah it's all like these different things they don't have play suits over here yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. and they call that a romper isn't it a romper it's a romper as well yeah, a yeah. romper I'm, like, I'm like why did you have to change everything yeah Um. even like I was talking to when I was getting my passport done the last day the guy at the where to get the um wire exchange he was Indian and he was like talking about we're talking in, in temperatures and he's like do you know what I've oh dates it was dates and he's like well I've always worked here and it's always European the way or the Indian way that I have to write it and he's like America's the only country that writes the dates yeah Americans you know, write the dates differently like, I was like I know it's I get so confused sometimes yeah Um, but like for me I get like I said my sisters are always there like yesterday I was saying like these earrings I was like they'd be nice at the stocking filler and my sister goes messages and she's like 52 bean where are you off to a stocking filler and I'm like stocking filler is something small to put in the stocking it's not about the, the, do- the earrings are 52 dollars and you were like 52 dollars yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And she's like stocking filler like, like you know for 52 dollars yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I was like talking more like it was that it was small yeah because obviously with Piora and being a beauty we work on a lot of stocking filler yeah. stories for uh, media yeah and like a lot of the stuff is like Fifty dollars or thirty dollars, yeah. but it's like a lip balm or it's like an yeah. eye cream or something, and it's a stock. It's we call it a stock and filler. Like. Yeah. So like she was like motions of you, and I was like, this is what I meant. Yeah. This is what I well, meant. they're beautiful earrings. Yeah. Actually, I've been looking yeah. at them. They're I really so like cute. them. They're like they're really nice. Um, but yes, like little things like they will. They're there too rip me back down. yeah bring you down and that's like the total Irish culture as well it's yeah. like bringing you back dead or it's yeah. like where does she think she's going yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. It's like, but it's like and it, we're trying to fight because we're like desperate because we're trying to fucking make our lives easier over here by just saying sweater and fall yeah, yeah, and yeah. all yeah. the American words that yeah. you know just well, to adapt and just to make life easier just to make life easier yeah, yeah. although I, all, I do prefer saying autumn personally yeah. but um yeah, so yeah, my sisters are always making sure I'm grounded. Yeah, um, I that love I will it. never like get notions or yeah. rise above. But um, yeah, but they're also like the best supporters at the same time. Yeah, but they also will be like, "What are you doing? What are you talking about?" Yeah, so it's funny. <laughs> they don't give you an inch. No. Um. So what's so coming towards the end of this year? Like, what's your plans for the next while? Like, do you are you somebody that kind of plans out like kind of where you're headed, or you're just so content and being kind of so busy and just kind of plowing ahead with like your job and like yeah like I'm kind of like like I'm so busy mm. that I'm kind of like oh but also because I'm on a visa like I see every people are always like oh what's your five-year plan and I'm like well I mean it all depends on if I get a green card mm. so it's kind of harder for us to like have that more like mm-hmm. long-term plan but like definitely I'm gonna be like I think I'm working in the right field because yeah. like I'm kind of analytically minded and and like I enjoy it and it's, yeah. it's interesting and stuff so we'll definitely stay in this field like I'd love to stay in New York yeah um it just depends on whether they want me yeah or not. sorry um, my stomach is so. making noises <laughs> um and then I wanted to ask you t- talking about five-year plan and being in the industry of digital um, do you how do you feel about social media and the emergence of TikTok and like where all that's headed and how you where do you place yourself like I think you, I know that you take it with a grain of salt yeah um, so like where like do you see things going um, with the digital trends yeah I I think like number one I think people are like just um, like transparency and authenticity like way more and mm. it, it has been shifting that way for quite a bit um, especially like Gen Z they just like kind of 
demand that. Yeah. Even like with brands, with anyone, like in the way like the where the brand scape is going. Um I think that like with TikTok, so like I told you I worked on a pitch for TikTok um, mm. earlier this year and to me, because I've like worked on YouTube for so long, it was so much parallels. It's so similar. Yeah. But the ascent, like the rate of change now is so fast. Yeah. TikTok is just soaring, like going, growing, 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 growing. Whereas, like, you know, like YouTube was like, like slower and steady, like incline. Yeah. Like, for it to get to where it is. Um, even like, you know, YouTube, obviously, there's a problem on the platform where people, you know, they, they have to make sure that everything is checked and no one are putting up like too extreme content or, you know, like content that shouldn't be viewed by other people or like, you know, whatever. Um, like that was years YouTube yeah. was in the year, years in the making before that happened TikTok has already started happening yeah. because it, people are catching on like ISIS I think had content on there like it Jesus did, yeah. Christ like the rate of change is so fast mm. Um, I think TikTok is like on that like upper trajectory it's funny when we did the research for TikTok and I asked my little sister so you on TikTok and she was like God no I'm not 13 but I think that's shifted in the, mm. since that was like in March and that is like shifted because people are like taking it on more and more and like older people are, are people who are older than 13 are like starting to use it. Mm. Um, but I think it's, it is just that like fast snippet. People just want information faster. Yeah. It's like, you know, like when you read a recipe Yeah. and people are telling me their life story and I just go down to the recipe. I don't care. I yeah. just want to see the recipe. I don't care that it's your grandma's recipe. Like Yeah, literally. Yeah. And, but it's the same thing with, it's like, but it's it's I mean it's sad in a way because people's attention is like so fragmented it's like we're so all so busy now that we don't have time to just sit and enjoy like one thing yeah you know so I think just faster shorter snappier yeah. constantly getting faster yeah. yeah and I think that's why like I mean like even for like me like when I do my oral stories and stuff I think that like I think people like it because they can tap through yeah like really fast yeah I mean I also go like very deep and yeah and they might want all the yeah. information and like, the reason like part, I mean my favourite part of like royalty is the the connections because they're all so interrelated which is like weird and I know, I know that is weird but like even again like this is coming back to history but when you look back at years ago how people like, people used to just marry the same people like within small communities yeah. people stayed within communities yeah um but anyway, like they're so interrelated, and that's the most fascinating part to me because it's like a spider web. Yeah. And like untangling that. Like I love untangling stuff. Yeah. Which is why I'm an amnesty. <laughs> um, so like that's like really fascinating. But the other thing is, um, like the like I love I love fashion, which is yeah. why I did my PhD in fashion. And I know we were talking about this before we like even started the podcast, but like you know like the way that I like shop and stuff mm -hmm. is like you said it's like quite unique but the so I love fashion I love history I love but and I love like significance there's so much meaning and messaging and how they address and I think that like they they have an important role for a reason and, and how they actually you know like they're in this position and, and the way they're in a position of influence essentially they're the original influencer yeah like Queen Victoria's wedding she is why we wear white yeah she is why people started wearing lace on their dresses like it's still like transcends today yeah. and they're the original influencer it came from like from there and it's still like we still see it play out yeah so I think like like people do like again like I try to upload quotes and like very objectively like when I'm looking at stuff and it's like I'll just be like um like Megan Martha wore an outfit last week that I haven't had a chance for remembrance and I was like I really liked it from the get-go and but the more I look at stuff the more I can causing there's it there's a reason that the belt is so thick on the original exactly yeah. the designer had a reason and like sometimes when she makes these modifications the designer is actually thinking better there's a reason why stuff are designed in a certain way yeah whereas like Kate when she modifies she actually modifies 
very similarly to how the designer would do it. Right. And, and because do they modify? Of that, do they modify a lot? They do. Like they have little tweaks. Like something might be too short, so they make it a little bit longer. Mm. They might need might have sleeves and they need sleeves, so just like mm-hmm. to make it a bit more like tasteful. But the reason this Philip Tracy hat is so stunning is like the, all you're you're just drawn to her face. It's like so so stunning. Um, Philip Tracy has this podcast on. Um, I think it's Desert Record Sounds or something. It's on BBC. It's on it's on a BBC. Um, a podcast and he said the truest thing I don't think I've ever heard someone say he said a hat is like plastic surgery for the face that when you're wearing a hat at the right angle it just totally transforms you and I think that, that is that just melts into her face almost it, it literally yeah. like when you all you kind of don't even notice the coat it's yeah. like when I look more at it because you just can't stop looking at her face because the yeah. hat is just so perfect yeah so like you know things like that yeah. it's like things like that so but like they I, I think like for her like she's from a very different culture she's from like a a casual culture America's like built on jeans and yeah. wearing casual and also she comes from the celebrity world where you wear whatever you want you're paid to wear stuff. yeah going into a role where you're not meant to do that you can't accept freebie I think she does or like she did she accepts endorsements but you are you ha- you have a political position mm. you can't do that and everything that you wear holds a weight yeah then the, maybe you, you might realize it today but in 50 years time like i mean the queen's wedding dress right you know, like, like stuff like that like the, the wedding dresses and everything have a meaning yeah that is going to continue on through history yeah so like it's it could potentially be a historic moment kind yeah. of thing so it's like stuff like that yeah have it's just thought about writing it's really interesting this? loads of people have suggested that i do and actually someone messaged me and told me that they've helped me and I, because we were just talking about how we hate Instagram mess- mm. DMs if I don't see them or if I like open up by accident and it goes way down like yeah. I can't search it's the worst and the inbox has changed now from primary to general mm-hmm. and then you you have primary general and then you also have message requests and I don't understand any of it oh I know I just still put everything in primary and then like I kind of try to go you know, like when you're like looking at your request and I'm trying to keep on top of this and yeah. I can't and then it gets like a lot and I'm yeah. like oh my god I know but yeah so that was like that's kind of my where my interest in like the royal thing stems from but it's like it brings the fashion it brings the history yeah it, it makes sense for you like yeah. everything together and i yeah. just like love fashion like i just yeah. like when i see see the end when i see like a really beautiful outfit i'm just like oh holy crap that is so beautiful yeah like yeah almost bring a tear to my eye almost when it's just like so complete perfection because i just want to own it yeah but like i obviously can't afford to dress like that i know so, or like where would you go dressed like that exactly i mean i would love to have a robe where i could do that but i just yeah. can't yeah. um I, like i just don't so Aww. and i you know it's like that's kind of where that comes from and then that, like obviously my phd was in fashion so yeah it like, ties everything together for you really yeah, yeah. Then, because i like like i obviously understand because i like was interested in fashion design it's like i kind of understand it from multiple different angles yeah and then also um do my phd i understood the reasons why people buy or how they buy mm-hmm. and the reasons that they shop offline versus online versus like whatever um and i know i was just saying to you before this is what like the, i started sharing my outfits of the day like on instagram stories mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is that, like I actually re- re-wear all my clothes so much mm-hmm. but I just don't have time to get a picture of my outfit every day or even post or even think about it mm. so like it's easier to just grab a picture put it on Instagram stories and then it's there and then you can see like oh actually I have this dress that I got on Shein or something and yeah. it cost me $20 and I've worn it 50 times like, yeah because no matter what no matter how much I pay I'm not going to buy something unless I see that I can wear it 50,000 different ways yeah. yeah like and I'll go into a store and I'll see something on my head it just goes woo, 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 woo. oh my god I can work with this 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 I'm like oh my god I could wear it with so many different things yeah and like that's just that's very unique a way of shopping mm-hmm. I'm just like it's just how my I bought like a juicy couture like pink bright pink fluffy jacket and I was like that's just so cool like I don't know what I'm going to do with it but it's so cool oh, you, I'm like you're going to like it's neutrals 
yeah like neutral yeah. colors but like any like concerts or like going on a night oh, yeah. out or like yeah, yeah, anything like yeah. that just like throw it on it's like yeah. the piece or even any of the other colors that are in the coat and like tie it together yeah you know? yeah yeah. thank you so Good much job. for coming like, on and having the chats know, we had a long oh, chat <laughs> I know I hope this is like even interesting like my tangents just weave so it much it's like so yeah you know, no it's I definitely like, interesting you have so many pieces of like different things to bring to the table that's why I definitely wanted to like yeah, explore more like, with you <laughs> I still don't, I don't think I did a good job of describing what I do at work but I'm basically like um, research analytics yeah and I can put know. that in dis- in the description box as well yeah, yeah. well making the hard simple yeah <laughs> that's what this podcast is going to be titled making the hard simple I will find I think it could have been a Theodore Roosevelt quote but I will find the quote and, okay. I, and I will send it to you so you can quote it thank but, you yeah. so much Lorna no problem appreciate it thanks for having me